Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on a grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. This is the final installment of the Patrick Lally Show. For now, never say never, right? We'll engage in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics with our good friend, my compatriot, my partner in this program for we, well, since the late 70s, really, not really, for the last year and a half on the Patrick Lally Show, Uber producer Dan Peters is here with me today, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way, as I mentioned. Uh, this little stint on the radio, the Patrick Lally Show, is coming to uh, an end today is our, our final day, and uh, we've got some Fun things to go through today, and I'm happy that you are here with us on Information 1000 KSOO, streaming live at KSOO.com or on the KSOO mobile app that uh, will continue to bring you all the best programming here on KSOO, including Chad and Beth in the morning and Uber producer Dan Peter still doing the news, still he'll be here, doing a, still the voice of the Sky Force. All is right in the world because Dan Peters will still be on the air even though I'm not here. But uh, Dan, so, you know, before we get going, thank you for everything. Dan taught me how to run the board, ladies and gentlemen. I was the one who kind of helped things along. And I was the person who actually did things for, I think, two or three months. Oh, and yeah. then, then you gradually moved over into the chair in which you currently sit. Which is pretty amazing. Yes. I mean, I, it, it's still amazing to me that I can uh, push all these buttons, not every day, in the right combination to make things happen, but uh, I had a great teacher, so that's how that's how I was able to do it. So I thank you, Dan. Um, and the other thing, you know, about Dan and I, right? So, uh, you know, we in some ways couldn't be more different human beings, right? Fair to say, without going into too much detail, because that's yeah. There are a lot of differences between us. Yeah, but we are able to have, uh, you know, sometimes Dan and I would have rather pointed conversations. Nothing. You know, nothing uh, argumentative, but pointed. Is that also fair? Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, I love this guy. He is, he is outstanding. And he has been so good to me that in ways that you people can never understand. So uh, that's, I think, a lesson. It's a lesson, Dan. Well, here's one thing that was very interesting yesterday. Because when former commissioner yeah. Matt Staub, yep. and who is currently disgruntled. Yes. <laughs> We were, we were talking about our shared experience at the University of South Dakota, yeah. and he a few couple years before you, yep. and then I came a little bit farther after, but we had a pretty good working knowledge of some of the professors yeah. that we encountered in the history departments, in the poli-sci, uh, and yeah, and, and communications, some, yeah, yeah. So that was it was just kind of an interesting thing. Or you know, we 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 had a nice little working knowledge of, yeah. of some of the things that we experienced. And commonly. these are these are the commonalities that stitch us all together. And I, you know, I've always believed these things. I think it's a core of what we've tried to do here on the radio. And and that is you can and it sounds kind of uh, cliche at this point, but you can you can disagree with people and still not hate them, right? And I I. I have always had this as part of my underpinning, I think, uh, that you have to be able to express your differences. You can't just not say, uh, not give your opinion ever, right? There's polite company. There's appropriate situation. 
But to be an unopinionated or unvocal citizen, those things, these things are not congruous. Yeah, especially if you totally disengage yeah. from what happens around you, you're, you're, you're basically an island. And I hate that. I hate that. And I, I think that uh, uh, Dan and I and all the people we've had on this program, because we've had, my gosh, we've had people of every political philosophy, certainly, and just so many different walks of life and experiences. And the, the great part about it has been just having those conversations. And allowing people to speak their minds and have, it's, okay, you put, put, your, put your opinion out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not our job to say, well, you're all wet. Mm-hmm. And even, uh, you know, the other day, uh, Mark Mickelson on the program, Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson, he got a little uptight at me. But that, you know, he was fine. <laughs> he, 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 did, he was no worse for wear when he left. He was not in pain. I did not hurt him, you know. And if I see him uh, tonight, you know, downtown somewhere, we'll shake hands, say howdy. It'll be fine. It's okay. It's okay. You're going to be okay if you just have a reasonable thought, listen to the other person, and try and process what you believe to be true. And continue to study. Yeah, there you go. That's it right there. Dan, he he reads like crazy. I can't even believe it. He's way ahead of me half the time. So there you go. Well, and... I had written down here something I was going to talk about Lyft, but that's kind of stupid now. Um, (laughs) uh, And, you know, I hope that there's more of that. I think that that's what you get from the people in this radio group. You know, we, there's a lot of different stations, obviously a lot of music and all that doesn't have anything to do with, uh, uh, you know, exchanging uh, ideas, but I, you know, this is not local radio is, is still very important because of just this thing right? You can, you can express yourself. You have, you can get challenged. Your ideals can be challenged and, and you can have that conversation and come out the other side, a better person. You know, I, you know, a lot of the national programming, the screaming and yelling, that's, that's a business. All right. That's, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't have any effect on you. It doesn't, but the things that we talked about here, I think do. And that's true in all of media. And I'm going to talk about something here in a minute that really disturbs me, a story that's in the Argus Leader online today. It'll probably be the front of the Sunday paper, but I'm disturbed by that. And you're going to find out why here just a second. But this process is very important. And if if it goes away, we lose something very valuable in our society. And I have grave concerns about a lot of different things. And we'll talk about that in the uh, towards the end of the day but gosh i think this what dan and i did here was really uh exemplary and valuable and i i look forward to hearing more of it when i'm out there just driving around in my car listening to information 1000 ksoo because that's what i'm going to do excellent that's a pretty good recap thank you Thank you very much. Uh, the farewell tour ends today. Our guests include uh, Republican political consultant, cotton candy connoisseur, and sweater aficionado. That's right. The one, the only Tony Reese is with us. The Buffalo Maiden is our final weird friend in a long, strange trip of weird friends and some final moments from behind the mic by me. P&L statement just after the next break. As I said, today's topic, I, bad journalism. Just stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
318 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO, and it is PL Statement Time, in which we look through the news and find the things that anger us, uh, give us great joy, or really, really upset us. And that's today. I'm, uh, I am upset. I'm upset by a story that's posted at ArgusLeader.com today. And I'm upset. I'll tell you why. Okay, so here's the story. And I'm sure it's going to be the, the 1A story on Sunday, uh, but in your print edition. Uh, and first of all, I worked at the Argus Leader for 18 years. I've been in journalism for 30, all right? Um, and I am not one, I don't like to cast stones, right? Because you have to be very careful. And I have made mistakes in my life, Right. And the things that I'm going to point out now, I think, are an institutional problem. And I'm not even going to go into who wrote this story. And you can go look at it yourself, but I'm not even going to go into that. But there's a story that is uh, uh, hunting season's underbelly, stripping, sex trafficking, and small towns looking the other way. And it's a, a very intriguing headline, right? And it would be a great story if they had the story. But that's not what this story is. All right. And without going into too much detail here, because I don't have that kind of time and maybe I'll come back to it later. But I'm upset by this because uh, this is this is basic editing and journalism. And I'm not talking about typos. I'm talking about what is the story and what do you have? So let's go back to that headline. Hunting seasons underbelly, stripping, sex trafficking and small towns looking the other way. The lead. Mary Whitney thought she would make bank. That's a terrible lead, but that's okay. Such is the life of a freelance exotic dancer. Word of a big earner ripples through your informal network. You hear of a good place to make some money and you go. That's how Whitney heard about a club in South Dakota, one open for only a few months a year, Frank's Day's Bar in Dallas, population 123, which is a tiny little town out in the middle of western South Dakota in Gregory County, right? Uh, it's pheasant hunting. And this this uh, bar, Frank Day's Bar, is a famous joint. Uh, people know it, all right, well beyond this story. And during pheasant season, it's a strip joint, all right? It's a legal strip joint. And there's uh, a lot of people that come in there from all over the country hunting pheasants, and when they're done hunting pheasants, they want to get drunked up and they want to see naked women. That's legal. It's distasteful, but it's legal. You know what's not legal? Human trafficking. And we all know that, okay? Human trafficking is illegal. Are you writing a story about human trafficking? I can't even believe how upset I am about the implied criminality in this story, of which there is no evidence. First of all, Mary Whitney, who uh, was the stripper, worked there for, what was it, four days? Four days. I don't think she knows the ins and outs of the human trafficking that's going on in Western South Dakota. Now, good for her, she left. And the implication here is that the owner of Frank Day's bar, Frank Day's daughter, is, uh, you know, not very nice. And uh, the, the implication is that she's uh, running a prostitution ring. I don't know how else to say it, but there's no evidence of that. 
Pop-up strip clubs, while legal, have their own place in the shadow. They can trap freelance dancers in a web of exorbitant fees, throwing them into debt and making them vulnerable to being illegally exploited by traffickers and hunters. That's probably true. It could be true. There's nothing in this story supports that. Miss Whitney said she had to pay $300 a week up front for her trailer in Dallas. Well, there's nowhere else to stay in Dallas, first of all. And they had to pay $100. Uh, uh, they had to, uh, had to pay for the right to dance, right? Well, that's normal. It comes out of the tips. I think that's actually standard operating procedure for a strip joint. And it goes on and on. Uh, so this, this uh, uh, Shelly Day, who runs the bar, uh, this woman says uh, that uh, she called the, the trailer run down and dirty. And then there was Day's behavior. She was yelling a lot, and it was just unnecessary. She kept reminding me about how easily I could be replaced, like I meant nothing to her. Well, sure, maybe she's a horrible person. I don't know the woman. Maybe she's a horrible person. She yells a lot because she runs a strip joint. That doesn't mean she's a human trafficker or a pimp. Day's verbal abuse didn't stop, so so Whitney did. She quit and left to work elsewhere, but not every dancer has that choice, she said. How does she know that? Is this at dancers at Frank's, Frank Day's, or just all dancers? And there's a quote from her. A lot of women, I feel, definitely stick around and stand for being treated like that because a lot of women have low self-esteem, and that's what pimps look for. I'm sure that's why Shelly thinks she can get away with it because so many women are used to being treated so horribly. She was there four days. It could be true. It's a, it's a fine opinion, and she's got experience in the industry, so she probably knows more about what stripper self-esteem is than mine. But what does that have to do with hunting season's underbelly, stripping, sex trafficking, and small towns looking the other way? Continues. Apparently there's a neon sign in uh, Frank Day says, says, no wives club, corporate headquarters, which, you know, is disturbing, but is not necessarily evidence of human trafficking. Dallas is the undisputed center of evening attraction for hunters at dozens of nearby hunting lodges because it's the only thing out there. Hunt all day, play all night, says a poster in a nearby lodge advertising Frank Days a small bu- and small buses from lodges near and far pull into the bar- bar's dirt parking lot, disgorging hunters. Okay, here we go. Reportedly, one wealthy hunter once arrived via helicopter. His pilot landed in the field across the street from the bar. The pilot was sober. The hunter was not. So? Is that evidence of criminality? And how do you know? Reportedly. By who? Here's an anonymous quote uh, from the Internet. That's always a good source. Uh, An online reviewer in February 2018 uh, said, pheasant, hunts, pheasant season brings young ladies from all over the states to this bar. They are a lot of fun. Stage tipping can get woolly as the stages are full nude with two-way contact. Okay, it's legal. Maybe, you know what, you want to make it legal, illegal, Gregory County? Go ahead, but it's legal. Simulated sex acts and an inordinate physical contact. Okay, is that prostitution? Does that fit any sort of legal definition? I'm not sure. 
here's a, another stripper who works there. This is her third year. Uh, not her real name, Sam. She says, uh, it's good. <laughs> instead of the big city, it's much homier. Everybody knows everybody. It's a big family instead of just coworkers. I enjoy that a lot. She's a happy stripper. It's not for everybody, she said. I think it's a great place. I know other girls that come back year after year, and they think it's a great place, but it's not for everyone. Not evidence of human trafficking. Ah, I'm out of town. It's, so here's my problem. There's a lot of sources in this story. Not a lot of sources. There are sources in the story. Uh, uh, I think they're exclusively women who work in uh, for agencies that fight human trafficking. Human trafficking is very bad. All right. We know human trafficking is a problem in South Dakota. It's a problem at the rally. It's a problem at the Super Bowl. It's a problem in a lot of places. Is it a problem at Frank Day's bar in Dallas, South Dakota? I don't know. But the implied criminality is simply bad journalism. And there's more. Maybe I'll get back to it later in the show. And the bad journalism is because the system, the process, the institution has lost its way. And I was at the Argus Leader for 18 years. And I worked for a lot of really great people. And there is a process to journalism. There are checks and balances. And I think that this story is evidence of that not happening. And that's a shame because this is a serious issue. This was told very badly. It is done very badly. And the implication of criminality, they better be right. Or they just made Frank Day's bar in Dallas, South Dakota, a lot of money. That's the bottom line on today's PL. Agree or disagree with me, Patrick at KSO.com. Although I won't be answering that, so. Because <laughs> this is the last day. We have the final edition of the Buffalo Maiden coming up next after the news and weather with Uber producer Dan Peters. We got the Buffalo Maiden on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I was going to have the Buffalo Maiden on right now, but I'm going to. I'm going to. She'll be on in just a minute, but I want to continue this. I've been thinking about this over the break, and I, I need to talk more about this because I did not get to my point. I did not get to it clearly in the PNL, and that is that is this. I was talking about this story that's in on ArgusLeader.com right now. Hunting seasons underbelly, stripping, sex trafficking, and small towns looking the other way, and. That sounds like a lot of uh, bad stuff, and it is. If it was in the story, there's a lot of people talking about it. All right, and and there, here's the points I want to make. So this story is based on uh, interviews with people who uh, are who had some con- connection to this bar in in Dallas, uh, South Dakota, in Gregory County, and the, the you know that there's there's strippers there. I don't know if you know this or not, uh, and there's there's pop up strip joints in pheasant hunting country during pheasant hunting season. I don't know if you know this or not. And that's all a fine story. But the implication here is that there's, a, there's human trafficking and sex, and, and, and sex crimes uh, being perpetrated in this bar in Dallas, in, in Dallas. And maybe there is. I don't know. Because there's no public documents. There's no law enforcement suggesting it. In fact, there was a reported, a rumored 
raid at Frank Day's bar. But when contacted, the state said, mm, we only release the details, that sort of thing, if there are arrests. And there's no arrests. Now, could it be? Could it be that there are powerful people associated with that place and there are powerful people hanging out there? And for those reasons, maybe something got swept under the Well, that's sort of the implication. But there's no evidence of it. There are no hunters in this story. There are no, there are no public records in this story. Have there been any calls there? Did you ask for the records? The, 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 the police chief in Gregory, there's no cops in Dallas. The, you know, the police chief in Gregory, he don't go out there because it's not his jurisdiction. The sheriff wouldn't return their phone calls. Okay, well, go there. Go there during hunting season. Go there on a Friday night. Go there on the opener. Go there when there's hunters there. Go there when there's alleged this alleged activity. Go there then. Not in September, which is when they went there and took the pictures under the guise of doing a different story. I'm, I'm upset because it's an important story. And it's one that other people have done and done better. But it needs to be done over and over again. There is a dark underbelly. Tell it. Go live it. Go do something with it. Don't just try and cobble it together from a bunch of phone calls you made from Sioux Falls. That's journalism. Journalism is hard. Okay? This investigative journalism, when people don't want you to print things, that's hard. There's nothing simple or academic about it. You don't learn it in college. Nobody teaches you to be an investigative reporter. You just learn it. Or an editor. You learn it. You learn it by studying with other people. I learned it from other people who had done it. I learned it from David Ledford. I learned it from Randall Beck. I learned it from Mary Carol Keeter. I learned it from Kathy Obradovich. I learned it from people who could do it. And there are standards because when you do something like this, you degrade the standard, you degrade your credibility. And then when you do, do try and do something good, people won't believe you. This bar, there is no evidence in this story of criminality, of sex trafficking, of prostitution, of all the things that he says in the headline and in the lead and in the writing are there. It's not, the story is not there. I can't tell you many times in my career, many times, you come with a story and you think it's solid and somebody with more experience than you or who looks at it from a different angle says, you know what? You don't got it. And there was more than one story that we worked on. I worked on with really good people. And in the end, the person who made the decision said, we ain't got it, and we didn't print it. But that's not what happened here. They ain't got the story that they want, that they say they got. They ain't got it, and they shouldn't have printed it until they got it. And that's what scares me. 
that's what scares me because everybody's so willing to just round off the corners, to use anonymous sources, to assume that what you think is true is. But it's not necessarily. If, if this bar was running a sex trafficking out the back door, wouldn't somebody there be charged? Do you really, are you, are you implying that the law enforcement authorities in Gregory County or in the state of South Dakota simply are not enforcing the law? that they are not pursuing actual sex trafficking. Because it's all implication. The Argus leader visited Frank's bar at Frank Day's bar in September, weeks before pheasant hunting season opening day, and spoke to Shelley Day about her business as part of an in-depth piece about the changes in hunting season over the years. Day talked at length about how busy the bar gets, but she was tight-lipped about the back rooms of her business, the dancers. After the interview, she offered a tour, but first she said she had to go check on something. Day was gone for over 15 minutes before returning and guiding the Argus leader through Frank Day's kitchen and front bar and seating area, showing off historical photos, old cowboy boots, and decades worth of dusty memorabilia. She ducked into a small room in the back requesting no photos of the space this was the original strip club set up by her father decades ago black painted walls mirrors it was empty of people back down or down a back hallway stood a door behind the door was a back half of her business an extensive space with stripper poles couches for dancers and more Behind that door was the nexus of late-night entertainment in south-central South Dakota's pheasant hunting country. Day tried the door. It was locked, she said. She acted surprised and and said there was no need to go through the door anyway. Nothing to see here. That's the end of the story. So you didn't go in the room. How do you know it's full of stripper poles, couches for dances and more? Have you ever been in the room? Did somebody tell you they were in the room? Did somebody tell you the poles were there? There's nothing to support it. Is that evidence of human trafficking? As the headline suggests? If not, why are you at this bar? Details are hard. Facts are hard. If you don't have them, you don't have the story. You can't keep doing this. That's sloppy. It degrades the institution. It degrades the profession. And maybe you just don't got it. We'll be right back with Buffalo Maiden after this extended P&L. I promise this time we're going to talk to her. I promise. I promise. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. You can rely on me, honey. You can combine anything you want. 350 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and on the line from the beautiful Black Hills Bureau in downtown Custer, South Dakota, it's the Buffalo Maiden for a final appearance on The Weird Friends, and uh, Buffalo Maiden, before we go any further, thank you. Thank you for everything that you have, you have done for me on air and off. 
Well, I mean, thank you, Pat, because you have been like the most consistent man in my life for the last year and a half. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to like miss that. I had like a reason to, you know, look forward to on Friday afternoon for some very weird reason, uh, uh, whatever. I don't know. It's going to be weird. And then I missed you last week. I totally blew you off, which, um, I'm so sorry about that, but, uh, that's how much you mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I'll just start calling you on Friday afternoons just for fun. Just to check in. Well, how are people going to know what's happening to the, in the Black Hills if we don't, don't continue this? And we got a fan. I mean, I think we had two fans, <laughs> maybe three. So these people are going to, I mean, we're all going through a depression. You should at least take us out for drinks. I should do that. When are you coming back? When are you going to be in time? Uh, well, well, there's no reason to now. I mean, why would I go to Sioux Falls? <laughs> well, I got a lot of extra why would I go? time. You know what? I should come back because guess what I did this week? What's that? I've totally, I've just embraced living in Custer, South Dakota. I bought the biggest pickup truck I could possibly find. <laughs> <laughs> I need a ladder to get into it. And I'm a tall girl. So well, you, why did you do that? Because you have to. It's like the law around here. Everybody has to have a pickup truck. And, um, and then I got the really big tires with these huge knobbies on them. And, oh. <laughs> and then... So then we saw this license plate, and it said it was a Wyoming one. So hopefully, I can still get it in South Dakota. Oh. It was M U D N. Mudden. So I can't see what you're gonna miss out on my adventures in my new truck. <laughs> you have you have gone completely over to the. I know. I was so side. depressed about the end of the show that I had to do something <laughs> to cheer me up. Retail therapy in a big way. In a big way. Well, you really, had a, you had a beautiful way. like. Forerunner or something. It was, it was a fine a Black Highlander. Hills machine. Highlander. Yes. Highlander. Yes, it's too fine. I mean, it's too fancy for these roads. <laughs> I still have it. It's just oh. parked in the garage. So you have a traveling day vehicle. trip. Yeah, yes. got it. <laughs> you don't want to have to drive that pickup across South Dakota. You'll be beat up by the time you get here. Oh, I can't wait. I will be beat up. Well, first of all, I'll have to get the ladder yeah. to get out of it because, you know, it is tall. But anyway. But, but uh, so... Uh, you're you're hunkered down for the winter. Is it is it? Uh, it's not skiing season yet, so you can't do that. It's, no, it's not skiing season. I did drive down to. Here's the difference between living in Custer and living in Sioux Falls. To go to a movie, it's forty five miles, <laughs> well, right? Yeah, one way, one way through a park where you have to avoid the buffalo, yeah. and the elk and the chipmunks. Or not the chipmunks, the um, prairie dogs. Yeah. And uh, and then you get to this movie theater, and there's no heat down in Hot Springs. It's the cutest little movie theater. No heat, and it was that, uh, what is that movie out, Star is Born or something? Yeah, how was it? And it was all women, a hundred women, uh, <laughs> watching this in the original seats. Uh, you know, the movie, whatever. But um, it was more of the adventure of going to the movie theater, because then it's another 45 minutes back yeah, in, in the, the dark, dark trying to avoid the buffalo on the side of the road. <laughs> Hence the big pickup truck. Can't you just get Netflix? <laughs> you gotta have the experience every now and then. It is my first movie in about five years. So. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So yeah. Hot Springs, Perfect. you know, that's going to be the new uh, uh, like veterans hot spot, retirement spot. That's what Christy Noem says. Yeah, it's not good. That's going to be. So. <laughs> um, it could be I've good. Been saying that for how long have I been here? Twenty years. Yeah. So I think we've been here enough. They do have a brand new um, the the original Bath Springs is being redone. Did you know this? I did not know that. Minicata Hot Springs, and it's going to be just gorgeous when it's done. And I think uh, maybe, and there'll be a little new restaurant next to it. So hopefully that will uh, 
It's a uh, that's, little what, town. that's when we'll have to meet. Yes, it's a delightful town. When the when this hot springs open, when I'll be needed for my you know my sciatic. Yes, because <laughs> you'll be sitting even more than you ever have been. <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, yeah. well, but uh, again, before I, I, we ha- our time is too short. But we gotta go. Thank yep. you, thank you very much, and uh, mm-hmm. the people of of Sioux Falls, thank you for enlightening them on the fine quality of life in Custer, South Dakota. And plug the restaurant one more time. For Sage Creek Grill, downtown Custer. Don't forget to come and visit. There you go. Nice work. Okay. S- see you Bye-bye. soon. Bye. Good luck. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk to Tony Reese. He of the uh, uh, sweaters and cotton candy. We'll get into that in a minute. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOL. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOL. What may be my last chance to plug local music? Violet and Union Grove Pickers at Club David. Tomorrow night, it is going to be a fabulous show. Two really good bands are going to like cover each other's songs. Everyone's like, I don't know what's going on there, but it's going to be awesome. Go see it. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's Tony Reese, Republican political consultant. We'll rehash stuff and talk about sweaters and cotton candy. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 4.07 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. And uh, you have not, your dial has not slipped over to Hot Wall 4.7. <laughs> you are, in fact, listening to uh, Information 1000 which is a talk show, but our next guest, uh, uh, Republican political consultant, what do we got, cotton candy connoisseur and sweater aficionado, Tony Reese. And cash enthusiast. This was his, this is his requested walk-up music. Nobody would have ever guessed. This is what Republican consultants listen to these days? That's what I listen to. Oh, okay. Because you're an outside-looking income guy. Yeah, sometimes I am. I'm, a, I'm also a sucker for pop music. Well, you can't hear it because you don't have headphones on, but I'm st- it's still playing. Wow. This is so I would never have guessed that this would be. Well, I don't know why. I, I would have. I would have placed you as more of a. I don't know, acoustic folky guy, maybe. No, 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 wrong, uh, wrong. <laughs> well, Dan helped me pick this out. I did not pick this out. You did good, Dan. Dan, Dan, you knows. did good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We gotta just make that go away now. Um, that was probably the last time you're gonna hear Cash on Information 1000 KSOL. Much like the replacements that we played earlier this week, and uh, the House Martins, and uh, all the rest of it. But uh, Tony, thanks for coming in. I appreciate. Hey, it. no problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's a uh, it's a bookend uh, a bookend deal for us. I remember I called in on your first episode you had about 5 minutes to kill and you announced it over the air <laughs> and i was driving home i told my wife i was to call in that's good radio yeah that's good radio i said hey patrick congratulations on the show heard you had a few minutes to kill that i call and say hi <laughs> cuz you and i had been on nobi show together yeah that's yeah. where we met right yep yep and as it turns out you're also friends with uh uh Arisman, which is weird <laughs> so the circle the circle and it gets of- weirder and weirder every day <laughs> <laughs> the circle of people of connected to the show is a strange interconnectivity of uh, relationships, but you have always come on and and uh, defended uh, Republicans. You know, you've been a you've been a steady voice of of uh, you know support for Republican ideals. Let's just say that. Yeah, I would, right? that's how I would I would put it. I think I probably gave a fairly 
clear analysis of the Republican Party and politics in the state that is so heavily Republican. And from an insider's perspective. From an insider's perspective, yeah. sure. Yeah, and that's what we look for on this show. Well, yeah. We don't want politicians. I, like I, the Tony, Tony Kornheiser from the Tony Kornheiser Show uh, and PTI, he always said in the, in the old days on his very show, he never liked to interview athletes because they never say anything. But he wanted to interview, you know, reporters and insiders and stuff like that. And that's, I took that here. And that's why you're a perfect fit. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. So let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit about politics before we get all sappy-eyed here. Uh, we've been discussing the governor's race and the fact that it ended up 3.3 point margin, which was probably not as much as people would have guessed six months ago. Now, what were your thoughts in the end? Were, was that about where you thought it would be, or did they make some missteps? I, uh, like you said, six months ago, I would have said that uh, the, the Sutton campaign does not get over 40%. Yep. But a week and a half, uh, it was around the same time that the uh, uh, KELO Argus poll mm-hmm. was released, that uh, I said, okay, Sutton's high water mark is 45. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had already adjusted what, I thought my results were going to be. Um, I do think that there there were some, I don't know if I'm going to call them missteps, but I think if you could go back uh, in time in your, the Nome campaign, uh, take a look at it, maybe a different approach post-primary. There was a hard-fought primary, yep. and the Nome campaign went really, really hard and really, really strong at the end. And then it seemed, um, as, to, as a casual observer, I've got uh, you know no in, insight, insight into the Nome campaign, uh, but it, they seemed to sort of let up on the gas a little bit uh, throughout the summer um, up until probably October. Uh, well, really. if, uh, did you read the Jonathan Ellis column in the Argus Leader that was recently? He, was, he did a little bit of behind the scenes, and the notion there was that they had run out of money in the primary and because, in fact, they were in debt coming out. And that would make sense now that you're looking back because they did kind of go dark yeah. because they didn't have any money. Yeah, I have not. Um, I've heard the column my mm-hmm. wife gave me sort of the cliff notes version you of should it. probably read it i should probably <laughs> read it uh before i start commenting on it but like most things i do in my own home i do only comment on the headlines i read and develop my entire opinion based on that and what your wife tells you yeah sometimes well, sometimes i just I'm, I'm counter to what my wife says just but it's it's because it's, it keeps the marriage interesting <laughs> it's true that uh uh it, it was it was pretty quiet and then it came on like a house of fire but you could see what it was very interesting to me, and we've talked about this, is that what happened between those two polls in the governor's race, where you saw Billy Sutton basically lose the inner always margin of error, but he lost three points. Yeah. Between polls. And he ended up losing by three points. Yeah. So I think the polls were were fairly accurate in mm-hmm. the end. Um and no insight into any sort of internal polling. It's always interesting in a state that's this deep red. Um, and this Republican that, uh, you know, not only did you have the president of the United States come out for a fundraiser, mm-hmm. uh, which raised a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. We talked about that before. But in the final days, the day before Election Day, of a rally with the vice president on Rapid City. Um, and, and going to Rapid City, it made me wonder if were things a lot tighter out west. Um, than I don't know here. that they were probably and, tight, and but I they were not getting the bigger chunks that they needed from right. Republican faith. Right. And, you know, just looking at the sort of the county, you know, analysis is that, uh, you know, uh, Nome didn't do so well, you know, Minneapolis County mm-hmm. and then sort of going upwards to Brookings County. Mm-hmm. So that 
East Central and lost the Northeast as well and then the, the Southeast too. And, of course, you know, the Indian country wasn't going to mm-hmm. uh, vote for She lost for Hughes County. Now. She lost Hughes County. I've got a thought on Hughes County. Well, what is it? Well, so you take a look at Hughes County, and both Nome and, and Sutton were trying to, you know, run as run as outsiders. Yep. And, uh, you know, Sutton tried to say, oh, Christy Nome is just going to be more of the same. And the Argus leader alluded to that, too. She's going to be more of the same as Republican. But if you take a look at, at the voter registrants in Hughes County, 62% Republican, and then she loses it. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? And most people in Hughes County, I would assume, work for state government in a lot some of them. fashion. Most of them. It's a company town. Yep. Pierre is a company town. Yep. Um, look at to see who is going to upset the status quo the least, and that's I think who Hughes County chose. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, a Sutton campaign would not upset the apple cart too much? Um, a gnome campaign or a gnome um, governorship? You know, they knew that there's going to be some shakeups and some changes. We're already seeing that in, in the cabinet and the way the cabinet's made up. That's probably true. She said she was going to do that. Right. And I think it's, I think it's time to do, and there is some yes. time for change. We've had, had a lot of cabinet secretaries been there a very long time. That's neither here nor there, but they've been nope. there for a very, very long time. Sometimes you need a little turnover. That's right. We're going to come right back and talk more with political consultant Tony Reese, cotton candy connoisseur and sweater aficionado that he is. In fact, he's wearing a lovely, I would call it a burnt orange sort of, uh, uh, it's a cardigan, right? It's or a cardigan. It's a cardigan with a shawl uh, collar and yeah. cable knit. Cable and, knit. Uh, patches a, on the elbow. It's nice. very autumnal. It's very autumnal and sort of classic styling. Yes. That is Tony Reese, <laughs> even though he likes weird pop music. We'll be right back <laughs> on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 420 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We're chatting with... Tony Reese, he, of course, is a Republican political consultant and uh, many-time guest on this program. And uh, as we get ready to end our run here on the Patrick Lally Show, we wanted to have him back one more time. So we've been talking about the election a little bit, Tony. Um, And I think I've been saying uh, for a long time that uh, elections, more and more in the state of South Dakota, you have to focus on what is essentially the big suburban U around Sioux Falls. That's if you're going to sway voters, that's where they live. Because a lot of people that live, a lot of the electorate in a lot of parts of the state are pretty much ingrained in what they believe. You're not going to sway a lot of people in Hand County, right? Are there a lot of people in? There are not a lot of people in Hand County. Right. And that's, that's, and that's, (laughs) and that's the other thing. I mean, Sioux Falls, I mean, we're a, an MSA, uh, Metropolitan Statistical Area, uh, as measured by the the Census Bureau of, Close to a quarter million people. Yeah, Sioux Falls proper within two years are estimating to be two hundred thousand people. Yes, uh, the population center of South Dakota is continually moving eastward. Mm-hmm. And you know you're absolutely right. In order to continue to win elections, uh, both parties are going to have to be focused a lot more on the issues that uh, are surrounding Sioux Falls voters and the issues that Sioux Falls voters. Uh, you know, care about, and that is really a lot of a lot of business issues, pocketbook um, issues, pocketbook, yep, pocketbook issues. That's a tough one to yeah, say. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's kind of, there are a lot more uh, sort of I, I call them chamber of commerce Republicans mm-hmm. uh, than they are social Republicans. They may be socially conservative, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're voting for you know what's good for the overall economy. Uh, in South Dakota, and you can ha- you can hit all the major issues with that too, and, f- and focus on Sioux Falls because it's it touches everything. You know. Medical research, mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. agriculture—all of it is so so deeply ingrained and touches here in Sioux, in Sioux Falls. 
and and the surrounding area that it is it just makes a lot more sense to be focusing so much more in Sioux Falls and along the I-29 corridor in future elections. And that's where um, five, ten years down the road, that's where elections are going to be won and lost is it was, along 29. And if you look at, so Billy Sutton won Minnehaha County by a pretty good margin, which was yep. interesting. But he uh, he lost the counties around it. Um, and he didn't he lose lo- all the counties around it. He lost. You go, you, he's got... Uh, oh, Brookings. He won Brookings. Brookings. Yep. Uh, I think he won Moody. Moody. Yeah. He won Lake. So he, he won just north of uh, Minneapolis County. But then there's a lot of people, as you go south, he lost Lincoln County. Right. And he lost Union County big. Yeah. And so uh, that margin in the metro is smaller than the margin in Minnehaha County. But it did demonstrate that you can make inroads if you do that, if you can win in this area. Um, I was surprised that he won Minnehaha County by the margin that he did. Yeah, that was a little surprising and certainly one that I think that the Republicans going forward should take a look at because I don't think that, I mean, let's face it, Sioux Falls is not Minneapolis. It's not no. Chicago. No, nope. it's its, it's own entity. A, it's not this this sort of bastion of liberal thought and that, that you're never going to make any inroads. And even in the, the, the central Sioux Falls district, the downtown mm-hmm. legislative district, is winnable by Republicans if Republicans nominate people and they show up and they work hard. Yeah, that was the the reason. And and Democrats won some seats, and they lost them elsewhere, but they won some seats in Sioux Falls because they had good, energetic young candidates who worked their butts off. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. The the I think of the Senate race between Casey Oliver mm-hmm. and Senator Kurd. I think that Kurd let's go into a lyric, it, recount. And I think that it's just going to sort of validate. I think Kurd's up by like 28 votes. Right. It's, a, but it's, it's, close. it's really close. And she, I uh, had met uh, Ms. Oliver at jazz fest. And by mm-hmm. then she told me she had knocked on probably a thousand doors yep. uh, already. So she really, really worked hard. Um, and then you've got uh, Kelly Sullivan and my Rex district in, in 13. I've got some thoughts. And I think that people, people know Rex. He's sort of a known commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't taken a, a deep look at, at the numbers, but I wouldn't be um, surprised if Republicans only voted for maybe one mm-hmm. on that ballot. He did get a little too cozy with uh, um, Mayor Huther, Huther um, who's really not well-liked within the Republican mm-hmm. Party. So I wouldn't be surprised if, people, if Republicans voted for Sue and then the Democrats went in and voted for Kelly Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And then Rex got pushed out. Got, yeah, Rex got pushed out, and they maybe threw a vote to, to Sue over Rex. Do you think that people are uh, sophisticated enough to bullet vote? which is only voting for one of your two options because you get to vote t- for two people in a legislative district, which is weird in a house race. Do you think that people say I'm not, I'm, sometimes they may vote for one person, but do you think they do it because they don't want to give the vote to the other person or they just don't know because that helped Kelly Sullivan. I would like to think that some voters are sophisticated yeah. enough to do it. And some voters look, Oh, I get to vote for two. So I'm going to vote for two. Yep. And you know, I know the one and I'll just, you know, Pick one of the other ones. Pick one of the other ones. It's such a weird system. It is. I've I've long been an advocate for splitting the House districts into an A and B. Yeah. And then the senator represents the entire yep. Senate district, which is comprised of both the both two House districts. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And because it's a little more work. It's a little more work. Um, a lot of states do it that way, and and quite frankly, sometimes you know, and people argue against it and say, well, you know, the issues that you know are you know my district thirteen, which butts up against downtown Sioux Falls, goes all the way down into Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the issues are all the same. Well, maybe, no. maybe not. I mean, the the issues that that are impactful, at least, you know, that I care about, uh, you know, which sometimes is rail crossing and getting 
make sure that our railroads, because I mm-hmm. lived sort of not like on top of one, but near one. I almost mm-hmm. got hit by a train once. It was scary. Uh, um, making sure that those are well marked uh, for, for pedestrians. And if you go down, you know, south of town, I mean, a lot of those issues are going to be focused on, you know, education funding. Not that people in Right, but that's live, a particular but, issue but it, to you. But, it, but it, well, but yep. but but it, how fast Harris, the Harrisburg school district yeah. is growing. Yeah, um, you know that's an issue that you know how do we keep this growth and keep this funding might not be, you know, as important in sort of more established. Right, parts it should be split into two, two districts. It, yeah. and and then you look at the districts and you're like, who drew that? It's an etch a sketch situation. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little suspect. Right? <laughs> At least they're not using a spire. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with uh, Tony Reese because we have we have got a very special treat here. We, we do have, have a not, very special treat. We have not gotten to it yet, so we got to come right back and do that. So hold on with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, and it strikes me uh, that uh, Tony Reese's uh, Kinesha... Kesha is actually it's not that far from Kesha to Rihanna Del Cid, but this is Rihanna Del Cid, and it's lovely. And um, but that's okay. No, a lot of things aren't that far from Kesha. She's got a, a duet on her newest album, uh, "It's Rainbow," uh, with Dolly Parton. You're kidding? She's, Kesha is a her mom is a Nashville uh, songwriter. Ah, she got grew it. Up in Nashville, so she's got a very much a Nashville feel. Once you get out of the club years, within the club years are really fun. Don't don't get me wrong, but her newest album is really really good. I do suggest everybody listen to it if you haven't. It's been out for like a year and a half. Got it. It's really good. I have to give it. Rihanna Del Cid. I play Rihanna here because um, she was here not so long ago, and 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 she is a, a favorite of of uh, JP, my girlfriend JP, and uh, I promised her that I'll play some Rihanna Del Cid on the last show. So that's why we got Rihanna Del Cid here. And, it's, uh, it's lovely music. And, well, you just won all the points. I did. I'm not done yet. I got I got a whole half an hour of show left. I'm going <laughs> to suck up everybody. I need to suck up to um, But our exciting news from uh, the exciting event that we have for you today uh, with uh, Tony Reese is we have been talking about this for how long now? We call you, I call you the uh, cotton candy connoisseur, right? That's correct. And you had mentioned on a show probably a year ago about the... Trump hair, cotton Trump, candy. Trump hair, cotton candy. And I brought and it in. It looks by just God, like the president's mop. I, I, hold that up for me. Yeah, this is good radio. So <laughs> it, is, it is roughly the color of Donald Trump's hair. <laughs> yeah. In and, a big and jug. The, and the consistency, too, I would assume. <laughs> I don't know. I've never tussled the president's hair. I'm not I mean, Jimmy Fallon. So uh, are we, are we going to... You've taken the, 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 the top off this thing. Are we going to sample it? I is think that, we ought to. Okay. Now, you, you say it's good, right? It is good. Hold on a minute. It is good. It's the whole top of it's coming off, much like a toupee. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Mmm. Mmm. Butterscotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the flavor it is. It's, it is Good stuff, I would assume, a, a top seller for uh, the folks who make it. Where does one get uh, Donald Trump you hair? Know, I candy? Uh, found this. There's a great, I was like an adult in a candy. Literally, I was an adult in the candy store today over lunch. I went to the candy shop in the mall. and Really? I saw this I in the mall? Up, yeah, picked up, a, picked up a tub. Well, this would be a party favor because you could use this as a costume. Oh, you could. Easily. You just pull a little of this off and put it on top. <laughs> let it blow around. It would be perfect. It would be, and it's 
It's good it's stuff too. I uh, I plan to share some with my uh, two and a half year old. Mm. Not too much because she needs to sleep. Yeah, but she. Uh, no, this is high like quality. her father. She is a a fan of cotton candy. Thank you very much. You're <laughs> you're very <Good>. welcome. <laughs> I'm eating Donald Trump's hair on the last day. Hold on, no, no, that was good. I think uh, I think you're getting a little smoky. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> it's uh, the Pantene. <laughs> 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 I think I think we ought to send a uh, send some out to our good friend Jim Acosta with CNN. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's got his press pass back, he can. Uh, we'll have to get a picture of that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so, Tony, thank you very much for bringing that yeah. in. You're welcome. Um, I don't know what else to say. Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a uh, it's been uh, two years, eight, eh, about, about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's been a wonderful, uh, fast paced two years. Enjoy listening to you and afternoon drive. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you want to know what was it? When you started, it was, uh, it was still eleven four zero. Yeah, and we're now information one thousand. Information one thousand. Um, I'll give a quick shout out to my dad who's listening on really? the Radio Pup app. Oh, nice uh, way to go, does, Dad. Uh, What's your dad's name? His name is Tim. Tim Reese. Tim Reese. And where is Tim? He's in Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh, I've been there. He's a mailman too, which I guess qualifies me if I was governor of Ohio to uh, run for president. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, Tony, again, thank you very much. And uh, shout out to Tim Reese and your lovely wife, Elizabeth, and the kids at home. And, you know, we'll see you again real soon. I hope so. Happy trails. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, K-F-O-O. 444 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. It's not the long, flowing dress that you're in. Oh, the light coming off of your skin The fragile heart you protected for so long For the mercy in your sense of right and wrong It's not your hand searching slow in the dark And this, of course, is Jason Isbell. We were vampires. And I played this, I played this yesterday when uh, Matt Staub was here because... Uh, Matt and I are both big Jason Isbell fans, but the reason I'm a Jason Isbell fan is that I attended a concert of his in the Pavilion with Jacqueline. Many, well, it's been a couple of years now, and uh, we became instant Jason Isbell fans. Maybe we'll get forty years together, but one day I'll be gone. One day you'll be gone. We were vampires and death was a joke We'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke And laugh at all the lovers And so I play that for her Because I think it's, uh, this song, uh, really It's a great, as, as Stab and I said yesterday It is a stunningly good song And if you get a chance to listen to it uh, If it doesn't make you cry, you're not human that's why I had to turn it off there for just a minute because I was going to start crying. I was start weeping. But uh, that song, I think, is what made uh, JP and I such huge fans of Jason Isbell. So I play it for her today. And, you know, I, I got to say that, that this, the last couple of years uh, that includes my time here on the radio have been uh, amazing. And uh, I've got some things to say about that in a moment here. But uh, on my last show, I wanted to just talk a little bit about um, you know, Dan and I touched on this earlier, and I just hope 
You know, what the things that I hope and the things that I've learned by doing this, um, I've always believed that you should be able to have reasonable conversations with people and that you can get mad. I mean, it's okay to get mad about something, but you can't let that not, um, you can't let it color what you think of these people as human beings. And I have talked many, many times on this show during the PNL statements or what have you about this, this tendency for dehumanization and demonization, right? And that's what I think is so very dangerous. And I hear it all the time anymore. And I don't know what that's about. I really don't because at my heart, this used to be a, a, a pejorative term, but I truly am a secular humanist, okay? Because I don't, you, I, I'm not that interested in somebody's religious belief in the public sphere. You, everybody, that's incredibly personal to each and every person, right? You can't place that on somebody. You can't make somebody believe what they don't want to believe or what they simply do not. By the same token, if you believe in uh, a higher power, if you believe that there is salvation, you have to believe 100%. And I can't take that away from you. Right? And so I call myself a secular humanist because I think that at the core of it all, is our ability to treat each other with some respect and humanity. And that ultimately what serves us in the public policy sphere and in our institutions is some sort of ideal that you are striving to be better, to be a better human being, that you are expanding your knowledge, that you are researching science, that you are pushing the bounds of the human experience to learn something and to make us better. That's what I believe secular humanism is. It doesn't mean I'm an atheist. It doesn't mean anything other than I think that in the public sphere, what we need to do as a group is move forward. And when, you, when I see the demonization and I see the uh, outright uh, degradation of other human beings, that scares me. That makes me hearken to the worst parts of human history. I mean, I still believe that after sitting here for, you know, not that long. I said it yesterday. You know, it's not, I'm not Noby here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a guy who had a radio show for a little while. But I'm ever so more convinced of those principles. That that is a guiding light of some sort. And when you lose that, you're in a lot of trouble. So that's my hope. I, my hope is that you'll take just a minute to think of other people as human beings and not opponents or enemies or whatever you want to call them. And I think back to, you know, that's why I listen to Jason Isbell. Because he puts it in such great perspective and this is we were vampires and you know Paul Fee, we probably are likely one of us will have to spend some days alone 
I'm not going. Maybe we'll get 40 years together. One day I'll be gone. One day you'll be gone. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We'll be right back. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And uh, it's another song I play a lot uh, in the bumper music. I play it way more than I uh, would be advised by any <laughs> anybody in the radio formulaics business, but everybody here has been very kind and uh, very flexible in my approach to AM radio, including the one, the only, the Uber producer, Dan Peters, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, buddy, thanks. You know... I've, I've had to, to sit through transitions such as this before with Ruth, who was oh, yeah. Rick Noby's co-host, and I took over for her in her role after she departed, and then and then twice with Rick when he switched from a three-hour show down mm-hmm. to a one-hour show, mm-hmm. and now with this experience in, in your time in the afternoon, it's and, and each time it, it feels different. Yeah. Well, I appreciate everything you did, Dan. I really do, and... You're, you're not going anywhere. People will be hearing Dan Peters as the voice of the Sky Force and on the news, and I suspect he'll be popping up here and there for a very, very long time. So I look forward to listening to you, Dan. Thank you very much, Patrick. I'll, I'll keep you in my, in my thoughts and prayers you, as, as you go forward well, in your you, new experience. You know I'm going to need it. So um, I, uh, As I play uh, uh, Wilco, either way, uh, it's a song that means a lot to me. It's just good. And I thank everybody here at the uh, Results Radio who picked me up when I really needed it. A lot of my friends, a lot of my weird friends who are on this program. Craig and Angela, thank you. JP, thank you. Dan, thank you. Jake, thank you. Dave, Scott, everybody here. Radio might be able to actually save your life. You Either way. And uh, we're coming to the end here. And uh, I really just want to thank everybody as I've been doing over and over again. And hope that uh, you will stay with local live radio because it is awesome. And uh, stay with Results Radio because these are the best people that I know in media and uh, we're better served by having them here and I will see you on the other side. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO.